Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. (laughs) It's time to vote. No. I don't mean to get all political. It's time to vote on the three themes that will launch the other stories into the new year, like the flaming, decapitated demon head that it is. We have over 20 themes in the poll, including haunted hotels, folk tales, parallel universes, alternative history, and even dragons. And a boatload more. So if you want to have your voice heard and help pick the new themes of the other stories, then head over and join the Facebook group now. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. All in Your Heads Written by Kev Harrison Narrated by Alexandra Elroy Tess spluttered as her face sank into a puddle of muddy water, waking her with a start. She sat up and breathed in sharply taking in the morning sky over the rutted fields, body parts strewn in smouldering piles as far as the eye could see. She stood and stared toward the horizon, scouring the land for battle vehicles and finding none. She inspected her battle fatigues, the fabric torn, 
and stained ochre with blood which might or might not have been her own. Tess! A voice behind her. She spun around and took a step backward, stumbling over a charred torso and landing on her ass on the sodden earth. What the fuck? She stammered. She felt the burning heat of vomit rising in her throat and swallowed it back down. Looming over her was... was herself. Only with a bloody cerebral tissue oozing cavity where the left side of her face ought to have been. What's the matter? said the woman, the other Tess, extending a hand and dragging Tess to her feet. Oh, this? she said bringing her fingers to her face and pressing the tips into the spongy, visceral material, which gave off a sickening, squelching sound. "'What the fuck happened?' said Tess, slightly more composed. She leaned in to get a better look, and found herself fixated on an arterial tube that pumped blood to the left eye like an earthworm struggling to burrow out of its tunnel. "'A nano-shell happened.' I still can't decide which hurt more, the claws as it burrowed in or the explosives when it went off. The other Tess gripped her chin in her hand as though to think, her thumb slipping and sliding into the bloody crater. She held it in front of her face for a moment, then wiped the crimson mess on her combat jacket. Tess grimaced. And how are you not dead? Other Tess grinned. That's easy, I am dead! Dead as a doornail. You think I could survive this? She pointed to the hole, turned her head from side to side, dawn light glistening on cauterized meat. More to the point, think you could survive this? I'm you, you know. Well, I was you anyway. Wait, wait, wait what? You're me? Tess stepped closer to the other her pressed the node in her neck and watched her regimental ID roll across the subdermal display. TR-37819 Believe me now, said other Tess, twisting the node back to the off position. We can't both be me, said Tess, swatting at a fly trying to feed on a graze on her thigh. You're not listening, Tess, are you? I said I was you. About... She grasped Tess's wrist and twisted it to get a look at her status band. The time was displayed in the top right quadrant. 5.47. About 13 minutes ago. She showed Tess her own band. The display locked at 6 o'clock sharp. Tess tugged her arm free, pulled her sleeve back down to cover the band. She glanced over her shoulder. But the battle's over. I saw the last of the war machines in flames before I... Blanked out, yeah. I remember it well, said other Tess. But there are survivors, individual combat units and unexploded ordnance. It was one of our own nanocharges? She stared again at the cavity in other Tess's face, as a glob of burnt umber liquid oozed from top to bottom before spilling down the side of her face. Other Tess wiped away the viscera and chuckled. <laughs> they don't fucking discriminate, do they? Tess choked back another wave of nausea, scrunching her eyes shut for a moment. Why exactly are you here, anyway, if you're just the dead me? I'm here to help you, Tess. I told you there are survivors. How much ammo do you have? Wait, I know. Eleven bolts. Here. 
she pulled a plasma-charged sword from a dismembered leg beside her with no small amount of difficulty, then handed it to Tess. This might come in handy. Tess took it and swung it to either side, feeling the heft of it. She nodded to the dead her. What about you? Weapons? Other Tess shook her head, her ragged mousy hair moving in clumps. Technically, as a ghost, I can't intervene directly in combat. Says who? Dickens? Shakespeare? God, how the fuck should I know? What I do know is, you've got nine minutes to live. Let's move, shall we? She strode forward, not waiting for a reply. Tess followed, a hitherto hidden injury in her right knee sending burning pain up into her brain and distorting her vision every time she put weight on it. There, two o'clock! Other Tess called out, arm extended. The violet eyes of a hunter machine rose up on dull metal stalks before it came swooping down at Tess. She threw herself back to avoid the hail of sharp, thorny projectiles that flew towards her, then rolled before hydraulic feed came crashing down, pummeling into the waterlogged soil. The machine attempted to pull back up, but Tess was too quick, springing back to her feet in a single motion before striking forward balletically, bringing the plasma sword down through the machine's biomechanical brain and rendering it a smoking hunch of scrap. She put a boot through the closer of the two eyes for good measure, watching as it sailed through the air, landing in a deep puddle. She looked up. Other Tess was hurrying away, little more than a dot on the horizon. She quickened her pace and shouted to her to slow down. Why the hurry? she asked as she caught up to her. Six minutes, Tess, six minutes! They wove around a burning heap of curiously near-intact human corpses, tainting the air with a scent akin to that of overcooked bacon. Why are we heading into enemy territory? Tess asked as she unloaded two rounds into a lobster droid before its shiny claw could clamp around her right ankle. There's a road up there. Well, what's left of one. If we follow it for a while, there's an outpost. Might even be someone alive there. Other Tess pointed to the broken line of the road as it twisted through the countryside and away towards the faint outline of a fractured block of flats, filling the gaps between voluminous cooling towers. Water welled in Tess's eyes as she thought of life. After almost a week of this battlefield surrounded by only death, she wiped her filthy sleeve across her face and trudged on, trying to keep pace with her deceased alter ego. The ruin of the road drew closer with every step, obscured only by scorched hedgerows. Tess glanced at her status band. 5.57, read the display. Three minutes. She cast a nervous look over her shoulder. The scene was motionless, but for the plumes of smoke rising from corpses, organic and mechanical alike. She grinned and broke into a jog, her legs protesting, finally bounding onto the cratered surface just ahead of other Tess. She turned to face her. We made it! A gravelly rumble wiped the smile from her face. 
turning her head in the direction of the low growl. She could make out the shape of one last battlecruiser. A kind of artificially sentient tank, rolling slowly up the road, its caterpillar tracks oblivious to the bomb holes that littered the tarmac. Did you know about this? She scowled at her double. Look out! Other Tess screamed, her extended finger pointing at a series of metallic objects which asked towards them. The whistling sound as they cut through the air gave way to a hiss as an amber-coloured gas began to escape them. Fucking tear gas! Tess shrieked and bolted toward the high wall. She vaulted to the top and dropped to the ground, the muscles in her injured legs sending a sickening wave of pain through her as she landed. She scanned this new open space for cover and found it, in the form of a burnt shell of an earth mover. The extended digging arm and a bucket bowed like the head of a long dead animal. Making herself as small as she could, she pressed her body to the cold rear of the vehicle and drew her bolt pistol, counted the nine rounds she already knew were locked into the magazine. Other tests rounded the corner. It's going to come through the wall, you know it is, she said, her voice solemn. I'm never going to get a bolt into the cerebral control device. The arm is too heavy. We're fucked. I'm fucked. Tess reached back over her shoulder, her calloused hands clasping the hilt of the plasma sword, as she mentally calculated the odds of getting close enough to strike through the cruiser's bionic brain before its variety of drills, saws and artillery made her into another steaming pile of meat. A million to one? Maybe two? The rumbling, dulled by the thick brickwork, went silent. The calm before the storm. Within moments, the electrical motor whirred, a throaty whine, followed by the sound of bricks being battered down, collapsing in uneven heaps. The grinding sound of the caterpillar tracks crossing the scattered bricks came closer and closer. Tess swallowed. This was it, then. What about the optics? said other Tess from beside her. Could buy you some time. Tess fixed her hand around the handle of the bolt pistol and took a single step out from cover. She fixed her eyes on the compound left eye of the machine, its many violet lights combining and focusing on her. She fired off three bolts, then threw herself backward as a volley of heavy shells ate through the rear of the blackened digger. The shattering of glass and crackling of electricity told her she'd scored a hit. She edged to the other side of her cover readying herself to take out the second set of optics. A whistle stopped her. Not from a bird. There were none alive for miles anyway. From a person. A human. It's one of ours, said other Tess, craning her head around the edge of the hollowed-out machine, as the battlecruiser spun through 180 degrees to find the source of the sound. Tess recognised her chance pulling herself as quietly as she could up onto the main frame of the earth mover, trying to avoid the gnarled metal slicing into her as she climbed. She fixed her eyes on the sparkling sphere that was the machine's intelligence centre and drew her sword as silently as she could. The whistle came again, louder. On the other side of the road, on the main battlefield, a single soldier stood in the carbonized skeleton of an old oak, caked in a mixture of blood and soil so dark it was impossible to tell where one ended and the other began. Come on, you big shiny bastard! He screamed, his voice raw. Tess took two long strides and leapt high into the air, toward the machine. In a single motion, her hands clasped around the hilt of the plasma sword, 
drawing it and holding it high above her head. Two dull thuds and a rush of air from the tree distracted her from a moment, and she turned her head to see two nanoshells hurtling towards the machine. The robot swiped across the first with its drill arm, sending it spinning into the air, but it was too slow for the second. The shell's claws extended, digging through the metallic armor and into the bionic brain. A brief, silent pause seemed to still the whole world before it detonated, flinging machine parts and Tess flying through the air. The force of the blow winded her as her back slammed into the shell of the earth mover. Heat blooming from the small of her back, shrapnel. She pressed her palm to it, brought it back red and wet. Bad, but not fatal. Clicking and whirring above her caused her to glance up, just in time for the claws of the nanoshell to rip into the flesh of her face. It burrowed through the meat of her cheek, tunneling inches inside before it froze for a moment that extended into an age. Sound, heat and pain were all that she knew in that moment. She felt the vomit rising up her esophagus and was powerless to stop it as it flowed from her mouth and the cavity that was once her nose and cheek and temple. She turned to face other tests, a mirror image of her dying self now. Why? Why didn't you tell me? She spat through the blood and the bile. Other Tess smiled. A horrific blend of lips held together on one side and a gory hollow on the other. Even ghosts have a survival instinct. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. All in Your Heads was written by Kev Harrison, narrated by Alex Elroy, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Chris Dabrisky and Tom Robson. Once again, just a reminder to let you know that we are currently holding a poll to pick the next three themes of the other stories. We have over 20 themes available in the poll, including haunted hotels, folk tales, parallel universes, alternative history, and even dragons, plus a boatload more. So if you want to have your voice heard and help pick the new themes of the other stories, then head over and join the Facebook group today. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. Until next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.